guys, it's Kat and it's time for another episode of the True Tea Collins Show. This week we talked about women getting in free, aka gendered pricing, and we had this discussion about both sex positive environments and completely vanilla ones. Last week's episode was indeed a rerun and some things have happened afterwards that I do talk about in this call-in podcast episode. One of those biggest ones is that there was an event that I was going to that eventually decided that it would start charging transgender women the same amount of money that they would charge a single cis man. And so I thought that was really strange um, and um, something to add to the conversation. So we do talk about it a bit throughout this video, but otherwise we had some really interesting conversations about gendered pricing and how exactly we feel about it. We had a really large array of people who called in. So I hope you enjoy the show. Let's get into some calls. Hello. I am a post-operative trans woman, and I have been in, involved in both the BDSM and uh, sex club uh, events for a while. Nice. And um, most of the most of the experiences I've had, uh, it is gendered pricing, and uh, it's usually based on your ID. Mm. Interesting. Um, and I've I've never had an issue uh, where I have not been given the female pricing uh, because that's what my ID says. Now uh, I'm also, like I said, I'm also post-operative, so that uh, mm-hmm. does alleviate a bit of an issue. Um, we did have a issue with one of the uh, spaces. Uh, that was actually very popular uh, with trans women and also cross-dressers just because it was a very accepting space. And then they had, they had problems. And so uh, basically they started banning anyone that did not have a legal ID change. Oh, interesting. Um, and even this- with that, At this one trans place, or it was a place for everyone, but a lot of trans people came? Well, so their their whole thing was um, basically if you were male, you could get in uh, without an issue. Uh, Women were only allowed as part of a couple. Um, It was kind of a um, safety slash, you know, Kind of, I guess, a prostitute. You know, trying to prevent uh, prostitution type thing. Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to avoid um, single women getting in there and escorting. Right. Mm, that's so and, interesting. Uh, yeah, know, I've, I've I've run into that before. And uh, you know, and I know, you know now most of the events that I go to that are pure BDSM events, their spaces tend to be just that, but occasionally, you know, they will, uh, they will utilize the sex club spaces mm, yeah. uh, for events. And then of course their, you know, their policies are, and pricing are, uh, you know, are what is uh, followed. And the thing that I've always done is I always just, you know, I always call um, and, you know, ask uh, beforehand uh, just in, you know, just so that I, there's not necessarily any nasty surprise when I get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the answer, you know, the answer has always been, you know, as long as your ID has an F on it, you know, and and that's also usually how they consider couples as well, because mm. you know, most of the time I would only ever, you know, I'd only 
go uh, go to these events with my partner, who is you know a uh, straight cis man, and um, so you know it was all you know we always wanted to kind of check to make sure. Oh, okay, yeah, you know there's not going to be an issue when we show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to waste so, your you know, so far, there hasn't been. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's interesting because um. One of the conversations that I had as born from on this one particular club specifically wanting to charge transgender women the price of single men was kind of the interesting paradox that happens when you have a a party that is just specific for transgender people. Because in my experience, I, um, I've, I, I used to go fairly frequently to one party that was particularly and specifically for trans women. Um, but, um, what it really was and what it actually ended up being was this was a space for closeted cross-dressers to come and to feel, you know, heard and seen and embraced. Right. Um, it's one of right. the, the rare situations, um, you know, where they could do that. And that's kind of what it was, you know, and, and that obviously for me, um, was not really, um, it wasn't a space that I particularly found, um, use for, um, because it really wasn't like, it's a totally different vibe. Like your, your standard, it is like, you know, straight swinger space for me, at least feels so much more welcoming and so much more above board than like any trans party I've ever been to just by nature of it. You know, you've got a room full of people, who are generally closeted on both ends. You've got these cross-dressers who are usually closeted and these men who are pursuing them who are usually closeted. And everything that happens in that space is like just tinged with shame, in my opinion, and and observation. Um, You know, the few times that I've attempted to (laughs) reconnect in those communities recently, I ran into so many men who were married and cheating on their wives and things like that. It's just a totally different um, thing. And I brought it up. I was, I, I wrote about it on, on some, some fetish websites about, because it was like, I, 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 I don't agree, but I understand why people would want to be like, okay, we're going to charge trans women the same price as single men. Um, but like the reality is like, there are men at these events. Like if you're trying to do the, the economics of, you know, you're, you're not going to be bringing any, anything to the, to the table, you know, no one here is going to be interested in you. I don't find that to be really true. I have not found that to be true, even as somebody who doesn't do shit at these events. Like, there are people who are interested in trans women at these at these events. Um, they, um, even the ones where, um, you know, m- women are encouraged to be bisexual, but men very much aren't. I don't know if that's the case with a lot of the, the oh, that's you go to, but yeah, that's that's the average uh, sort of thing at mine. Is like, you know, two men can't do anything. But like two women, that's very encouraged. Um, but like if two men were yeah, I mean, something, it's, it would be a whole thing. Yeah, it's basically an unspoken rule. I mean, yeah. women are almost expected to be bisexual, but men, oh no, don't you know, don't ever, don't ever cross that line. And mm-hmm. you know, and I, yeah, you know, I think our experiences are fairly similar in that, like early in my transition, like I specifically sought out this place that was encouraging of, you know, trans women and cross dressers because it was, because I came from the gay man world and Uh. we had our spaces. And so we had places to go and, 
then all of a sudden it's like, well, yeah, where, where, where do you go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because mm-hmm. you don't necessarily feel like you fit in that straight world yet. Yeah. And, but yeah, but now it's like, no, no, that's, that's, that's fine. You know, I can, yeah. in fact, I mean, I'm, I've even been to the point where, uh, like they started, uh, spaces that were specifically, you know, for the LGBTQ community uh, mm. within BDSM. Mm. And I, you know, and, you know, they reached out and like, Hey, you know, come, you know, come be welcome. But their policy was um, what they considered as, you know, straight cis men were only allowed to to be there if they were with somebody mm. that was part of the community. And I was yeah. like, well, I'm not going. I'm not going to go if my partner's not welcome without me. Yeah, that's the same. Yeah. You know, that was kind of the issue you know, that we is- ran into when we were trying to go to a party in um, after Folsom, where they had one party that was like, um, you know, this is an event for for trans people and cis people can only be there if they're, um, you know, the partner of someone and it just didn't necessarily feel super welcoming. And so, you know, we didn't go to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, he, I think he would feel the same way. You know, if it was a, if it was a space where I wasn't welcome, I mean, it just, mm-hmm. you know, why would you do that? But, you know, you come as a package deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like, I it's and this is kind of the paradox that I'm in because like I don't like so there are several like queer parties in LA because of course the argument always whenever we talk whenever I've complained about gendered pricing structures is well just go to the parties that are for you and it's like well I already do that but they're not trans parties but um you know the argument that you would often um get is um you have to go and find your own space and you have to go do your own thing but like I don't know so frequently that stuff isn't like what is actually for me. I'm not, you know, I don't really necessarily fit in there. And like a lot of those, like the queer parties I know in LA are really like most of the queer parties in Los Angeles that I know of are very much tailored to people who um, are, mm, how to say this. I am, like I've said at the top of this video, I am tragically quite straight. And I feel like, if I were trying to, if I went to one of those queer parties, there would really be not very many people there for me because, um, yeah, I'm, you know, usually interested in men who are interested in women, even though I, you know, prefer by men, but a lot of the people there are, it's mostly women and it's mostly people who are looking for women, um, to be with other women. Um, and so that's kind of not going to ever really be my jam. Um, so yeah, the, the places I do end up fitting in are the straight clubs, you know? Well, the, the, the other thing I find is when I go to a party that is more diverse accepting, mm-hmm. it's almost like immediately, Oh, welcome another trans woman. Whereas if I go to a predominantly heterosexual space, I could just be a woman for the night. Yeah. Whereas in, you know, whereas if it's, you know, if it is fully open, I, I have, I never get, I never get misgendered more than when I'm at an LGBT event. Oh, interesting. Interesting. That, that fucking sucks. Yeah. Well, because, because then it's kind of like, well, 
you know, are you know, are you a trans woman? Are you a crossdresser? Are you a oh, you wow. know, are you you know, are you you know, you know, what? Where do you fit in? And you're like, I'm fucking post yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean and also for me going to like the trans parties too is like like if i go to a straight party um generally speaking people will just fucking like talk to me um when i go to a trans specific party you know first they they're, they're trying to figure out if i'm a trans woman or a cis woman and then you know, because of just the nature of the people that are in that space, there's a lot of gaslighty, you're the most beautiful woman in the room kind of bullshit. And it's just like, <laughs> boy, do I just like, can we just like talk and hang out? And does it have to be this weird manipulative thing where you're assuming that I'm like a, a very particularly insecure trans woman who like needs to hear all of this false affirmation to get in, in the mood to suck your dick because it's not going to happen, <laughs> you know, like, right. It's not, I mean, I, I, I've said it before on the channel, on the channel, but like one of my hobbies is going somewhere and looking cute and doing absolutely fucking nothing. So I go to a lot of these parties and like, I don't do anything with anyone because I just like hanging out. But like, I, <laughs> so I always try to tell people like, you don't have to fucking gaslight me and try to, you know, flatter me. Cause I'm still not I'm still not having sex with you. So um, no flattery will get you what you want, actually. Um, but like, it fucking sucks when you go to spaces like that and there's this like overemphasis on like a part of you that like is part of you, but not define. You don't view it as like a super defining factor. And I guess that's part of the reason too why I'm not crazy about going to a ton of queer things is because A, I don't ID as queer, but then also I just have a hard time like wanting to be in a space where like, we're focusing on that because to me that just is quite irrelevant to like literally every other aspect of who I am. So, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really brand new in this transition. I'm like just over a year in. So it's some brand new shit for me. Mm. Um, it, the reason I would have planned to stay quote unquote sit for a few years for like a few more longer years. That's kind of what I had off in my mind and the reason i had that kind of structure in my head because i was like i don't want to give up going to bars and getting ladies nice and getting free drinks from dudes who are just who just ostensibly want to fuck and then me going it was nice meeting you i gotta get home bye and then like just having a good time on my own you know mm -hmm. that was it was that and cold calling tinder quote-unquote dates that were reasons that i just I didn't want to give up that femininity for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and then when the pandemic happened, I it was like a few, maybe six months in that I just had to look at myself in the mirror and be like, why the fuck am I still a woman if I performed womanhood for social benefits and I'm not getting those social benefits because there's a plague happening outside. Mm, interesting. You're like, this is just, this is like a role that I've been playing, but it's not actually who I am. Exactly. Right. Like I get a benefit out of this, which is why I'm not immediately changing it. I'd originally planned to like wait another two or three years, but I was like, everything's shut down. It's going to be at least another year and a half before things come back to normal. And even then I would be personally really stuck about it. So mm -hmm. why, like I, and this is like a second coming out because you know what it's like to be trans. You have many stages coming out. Yourself yeah. Um, my first stage was I was like 18 or so, or no, my second stage, whatever, where 
I just kind of had to be like, I abdicate my femininity. I'm going to sacrifice wearing bras, like all these really cute blouses, wearing a lot of accessories, which broke my heart because like my jewelry game is fucking on point. You know, <laughs> you can still like, wear jewelry though. <laughs> I can, but it's different when like a guy starts wearing jewelry and it's like to the nines and fully like matched up with his outfit and like his dress is not. People are going to look at him and be like, why is that faggot wearing like such bright clothes? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Nothing so, wrong with that. Though. That's always been my thing. <laughs> I get it. I know. <laughs> it, it's the thing where like in the first few years, you still aren't sure how to look. So you try to make it easier for those people. Mm-hmm. I know that like when I pass more, I'm going to go back to wearing jewelry and being my fabulous gay ass self. That makes sense. Um, so like, my first round of it was that like I advocate femininity because I don't like having, I don't like people seeing me immediately having a perspective of who I am. I'm white. You can't tell just by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did that for several years and I was okay with that. And, but it was still that nagging sense in the back of my head of like, people still clock me as woman. They aren't clocking me as a human being. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to fight that because I was able to go to bars and get drinks on ladies nights, like every Thursday or something. And like, just be able to go out and like feel that sort of sense of freedom, you know? What mm. I mean? Yeah. But like, uh, did you feel like, cause I love a good free drink as well, but I remember getting to a point in my life where like, I wasn't relying on that anymore. And it felt really good to buy my own shit <laughs> because I wasn't like, Feeling, I, I was like trying to, you know, wiggle around a guy who bought me a drink to get out of the situation. I could say, no, I'll, I'm just going to buy my own shit now and, you know, yeah. not be beholden to you because you purchased a drink for yeah, me. Yeah, and not have to kind of like keep you wrapped on a finger when I just don't care and I'm like here to see the show. I don't really care about you or your feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I look um, for a scam or whatever, but, you know. <laughs> but, it's different when you weren't planning on it with like a buddy you know mm-hmm. it's different yeah um i can't say that i've hit that point yet i'm mm-hmm. now i just graduated out of college so i'm finally going for jobs that pay more than 17 an hour you know mm-hmm. so like i'm hitting that next step i thought i would have hit it at, like just in my last few moments of womanhood and then going to be you know mm-hmm. what I, mean? I get it Hello. I don't really like it just based on like my experiences when I was younger and like in college where there were a lot of frat parties that often advertised themselves as having women get in free and then guys would often pay like $5 or like $10 or bring beer to get it mm. because like just in my experience, it was always predatory. So like I remember when I was 18, I was going to like my first college part, like I was trying to find a college party to get into was like if people who haven't been to college or have been in college, it's like a common thing for like new freshmen. They go like run around campus trying to find a party they can get into it in like mm-hmm. their first week. And then it's like, so my friends and I were all women and stuff trying to find a party to get into. And we're like taking the bus and everything. And then we find this group of guys and then like this one girl. And then we like talk to them a bit and stuff. And then we were telling them, oh, yeah, we can, we're trying to find a party that we're trying to get into and stuff. And then it's like, the guys were like really enthusiastic. It's like, oh, you can come with us because we could use some more girls to get into a party. And then we were just kind of like, uh, <laughs> but we're Yikes. still dumb at 18. So we still went. <laughs> <laughs> 
And how did that but go? It didn't go anywhere because like they didn't really know where they were going. So we were like walking around. So like I live in I was in like a college town and it's like people live in like houses and stuff and have it. It's like a suburb area kind of but like also kind of a big like a college town and stuff. And then it's like it was like quiet throughout the neighborhood and there are like houses with no lights on and stuff. So it seemed pretty sketchy and we're like, we should really turn back. And then eventually they get to this house and it does have a light on, but it's like dead silent everywhere and everything. And then like the girl tries to like walk up to the door and knock, but like there's no answer. And at that point we just kind of bail because we're like, oh yeah, no, we're not going. It felt like like a house from like Cabin in the Woods or something. Oh boy. You're like, nope, I'm good. This seems like I've seen that episode of ID, you know, like, no, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, once you learn a lot about like frat culture and stuff, like, I mean, here, here's me exposing my age a bit. A lot of these were advertised on like Yik Yak and everything, like about the parties and everything and that girls could get in free and stuff. But then you also learn like there are frats with like known reputation as being like a place where a lot of women get sexually assaulted and oh, are labeled shit. as like, the rape frat. Yikes. So yeah, it's like, it's like, I guess when you're like, I'm trying to remember your story that you were telling about like the promoter saying those things, like the comments about women and stuff, how he like, yeah. portrays it in a way so that women could get in. It's like, when you realize like the people, because there was also this scandal that happened in my college and it was just like this email exposing all of these frats saying these horrible things about women. Like every woman had like any kind of racial slur that they could come up with. And then like so many rape culture things and everything. It's like, so these are the people in charge of making parties that <laughs> they're saying women can get in free and yeah. then guys can just bring money or alcohol. It's Ugh. like, like, yeah, I that's don't exactly like it because I feel it. Oh, go on. Oh, no, sorry. go on. Yeah. No, I was going to uh, say, it yeah, it's just like, it's. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> go on, your turn. <laughs> oh, no, I was just finishing up. It's like, yeah, it's just like, it just seems like a very predatory environment when you know the people aren't good people and don't respect women at all. And it's just like a place that's encouraging men to bring alcohol for women. And then it's like the women just come in free. It's like, well, the women aren't just coming for free. Yeah. Yeah. The women are there to entertain, apparently. Like we're talking about with another caller. It's like, it's like you're an employee, but you're not getting paid. The payment is like annoying right. men all night. It's not right. really, it's right. not really worth I, it. <laughs> I know we're saying gender pricing, so often these calls, like we're talking a lot about focusing on women because you never really see like, oh yeah, men get in free, but then women Mm -hmm. have to pay money. And then it's like the people organizing it. It's not like they're always men and then it's always the women that get in free and then all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even familiar with whether or not like, like lesbian spaces have a similar thing because I know that gay men spaces, they have if you're under a certain age, you get in for free. I don't know if, I, I feel like that's mm-hmm. probably, I don't, I don't know anything about it, but I feel like there's, it's probably not the case. Like most of the times when I think of gendered pricing, it's somebody being sold to a man, basically like someone, yeah. um, you know, giving a, getting a lower barrier to entry so that a man could consume them. That's usually what it is. Um, I would be so curious <laughs> to hear of it, you know, some event somewhere that is that's established that you know men men get in free women pay a lot of money but i don't i have a hard time um seeing that <laughs> cuz you know men are yeah. not sold the way that women are sold you know like 
We, right. we, we yeah. don't um, objectify and sell men in the same way. And like most of the examples you can find readily available quickly of men being objectified and sold are usually being sold to other men, you know? Um, mm-hmm. At least, you know, my that's what I've observed. I'd be very curious to hear another um, perspective, but that's that's all I've ever seen, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it's like, it's women getting free, but like even in these situations, like sometimes even up front, they would say to men, it's like bring $5, bring beer or bring a girl. Like they mm-hmm. were a commodity that could also be brought. It was just outright said. <laughs> yeah, a woman or a box of beer. You know, that's the same, same price yeah. basically. Hello. I have a lot of opinions on this, so I'm super happy that you ended up doing a show on it because I have kind of a really personal experience with it um, because I'm in a BDSM house and our house is actually the entire reason that I party moved venues um, because of gendered pricing. Mm. Um, Essentially what happened with that was we found out that a venue um, was charging trans women as men. Mm -hmm. And when we asked them about it, they said, verbatim it's because trans women aren't as uh, desired as yes cis women yeah we're talking um, about the same exact party it's i don't know if you were here for the earlier earlier ch- talk but i i referenced that because it was something that that had happened after and i was like oh wow i've never i'm sure that there are other things other spaces where that happened but um <laughs> i um have never observed that in la before so that was pretty like weird to me but go on <laughs> Yeah, I um, I wasn't here earlier, but when I saw um, that you were streaming and you said women get in free in my head, I was like, I feel like she's talking about the the party that I ended up being involved in. So that's really funny that you've already talked about it today. Yeah. Um, but essentially what happened was when we found that out, uh, we were disgusted and really upset. And so we are close friends with a um, the creator of a party that used to take place at that venue. And we contacted her and told her that, and she ended up moving the party from DTLA to West Hollywood because mm. of what um, the people at that venue were saying, because that wasn't what she wanted. That was part of the venue, some other party that had been there. Yeah. So, cause I know that they ultimately did it in um, a, a warehouse that I go to all the fucking time. Um, but that was like, yeah. dis- I was like disappointed to hear that because I know that they had initially had it at a different dungeon. And then that dungeon was like, we don't fucking accept um, that sort of bullshit here. So you can't have our party here. Then they moved to to um, that warehouse. And you're saying that the, the party that you guys were going to throw that was supposed to be at that warehouse, you guys decided to change venues because they held the party there. I think that we we don't throw the party ourselves, but mm-hmm. it was a friend of ours who was throwing the party. Okay. Um, and she, we told her and she ended up moving the venue because of that. Yeah. And it was kind of a big deal because a big deal within our friend group because we accidentally uh, bullied a venue into um, not <laughs> doing that anymore. Uh, but the problem with that situation is, you know, as a cis woman, I, I benefit from that. I get in free to parties. But mm-hmm. what I found is when I get into free to, into parties for free, it's because I'm being sold. Yeah, exactly. Like I am the that the men are paying so much um, it to you know be around 
people of the same, you know, gender as I am. Mm-hmm. And in those situations, I found that all of my trustworthy play partners, my, you know, male friends that are super great and know what they're doing in the BDSM scene and are incredibly educated, all of those guys don't end up going to those parties simply because they either can't afford it or because they disagree with the gendered pricing. Mm-hmm. And the men that end up going, from what I've seen, think they're paying for sex. Yeah, a lot of them. A lot of them, they, they feel exactly that. I had a guy that I actually, I was really pissed off about this. I had a guy that I um, had sex with forever ago who recently has been you know trying to um, hang out around me more. Um, he went to that party and I was like, oh, okay, well, um, yeah, that's never happening ever again. So, cause, cause for me, it was just weird. It was was like, we had sex, but you're going to go and patronize this event where, you know, they would charge trans women more. And, you know, funny layer to that is like, I don't even know if they would actually have done that with me. They'd have probably been like, oh no, whatever. But like that, that whole, like even communicating the, the, that, that trans women have to pay more. Like, that's shitty. Like, you clearly don't want me there, so bye. You know, like... Exactly. I don't want to... like, p- then we... Oh, go on. Sorry. <laughs> oh, um, then we get into non-binary people. Yep. And it's like, so are you legitimately going to look at them and be like, okay, well, let's go based off genitalia because you are... You don't identify as either male or female, or mm-hmm. are you going to look at them and quite literally judge on how marketable you think they are? Like yeah. how, how much you think people would be willing to get with them. And it's essentially like, again, I benefit from this because I do get into parties for free um, when they are like this, but I don't want to go to those parties because yeah. the men who are there clearly are looking for a product and I don't like being treated as one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, I think like in theory, people say, okay, we're doing this free thing so that women can come and be free and have a good time, whatever. But like, mm-hmm. it's creating this environment <laughs> where you, you're being sold. So of course you're going to be made uncomfortable. One of the things that I mentioned was like, you, you don't usually see a lot of these women come back. Like, yeah, maybe you'll have like a woman who's never gone to one of these things. Almost always that like a person who's never gone to a thing like that. Um, and they're like excited to be there, but then they go and they have a terrible experience because, you know, they got in free, these men paid like $500 to go. And, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's now a situation where they're being pressured and, and all the men expect that you're there to have sex with them. All the men expect, um, you know, that you're there to do something f- for them. And if you're not, why are you even here kind of thing? And like, I think women tend to feel way more relaxed in situations where there is no pressure, that pressure doesn't exist, where you're encouraged to do like literally anything other than just be there to fuck. I, at least that's my observation, you know, like. No, exactly. Yeah, I think there's also um, complications when it comes to swingers parties being mixed with BDSM parties. And yep. at least from my experience, those two communities don't overlap a ton. They overlap a little bit, but not a ton. Yeah. And so then you have these men coming who, if they're paying this much money, and like I said, most of my friends in the scene that I've trusted and played with for years, they don't end up going to these parties because of the gendered pricing. Mm-hmm. You've got these guys you've never seen before. They've never been in the scene before. They show up expecting sex because they don't understand that sometimes BDSMers don't enjoy having sex mm-hmm. during BDSM, or at mm-hmm. least they don't want to do it in public, you know, whatever reasoning they have. Um, and then they end up objectifying you and the people that you know are safe don't end up going. Um, and also you were saying earlier, like 
you know, men end up paying $500 tickets. Sometimes I don't know if people know or necessarily everyone listening know that that is literally how much these parties can cost. It's not yeah. like $25 or zero. It's like 500 or zero. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why like you have these men who are there and they're, they're very like pushy and aggro because like the kind of guy, how to fucking say this? Like when the only thing that's, that's happening at the event is people are fucking the kind of guy that's going to put down $500 to come to that party is usually, uh, you know, not a great person. (laughs) So, so like quite frequently, that's what you're going to get. Like I had a situation where I was hanging out because like, I just like go to parties and get naked and like have and socialize. That's, that's why I go to any of these events. Um, not to actually do anything. (laughs) And like, you know, (laughs) I remember walking up to this guy and I was, I was saying hi to him and he was like literally in the middle of hiring an escort because he had like, he, he had had a hard time and like, you know, was, wasn't getting what he wanted. And he was like asking me, Oh, should I do it? Or do you think I'm going to da 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 da? And he asked if he had like a chance with me. And I was like, Oh, uh, uh. I mean, I'm not going to fuck you. So uh, can't tell you what to do, but that's like the kind of guy that is often there. Cause they pay so fucking much. Like, the, like a lot of these men that like for some, for some of these men, that's like the only way they, they think they're going to get close to getting laid. So, you know, they're willing to spend a, a shitload of money um, and they'll, they'll be very disappointed if they don't get what they want, you know? And like, it just makes the whole environment very unappealing to, you know, the kind of single woman who would come to a party, especially alone. Like it just makes it like, uh, just grody and unsafe and creepy and weird, you know? Yeah. You can't see my face right now, but my jaw, I, I cannot believe that. Oh, you missed that. That's you- crazy. You missed earlier where I found out at one of the events I was going to, um, cause I always would get men asking me, are you working? Are you working? Are you work? And I didn't understand what they meant, um, at first. And then I realized, oh no, what actually happens at some of these parties is, is like the, the venue owners will hire escorts. Um, and those escorts will like be at the party, like hanging out and, and sometimes doing sexy stuff. Um, and like, that's, you know, some I I guess what? more common than I had recognized, because because some people were like, "Why are you here unless you're working?" What did you say? Sorry. I said I really want to know what parties you're talking about now. Oh, I mean, if next time I see you, I'll go down the fucking list because there's a whole there's a, yes, please. But like, okay, yes, but the thing please. about it is, it's it's literally think of like any of the parties that you think are kind of sketchy, especially the ones that were like happening during the pandemic and things like, you know, like. <laughs> it's those parties like like the yeah. parties that you already are suspect of that you already think are kind of sus it's those parties <laughs> like okay, I, that makes sense. Yeah, that yeah i mean there's there's a there's a lot going on at some of some of these events i didn't i didn't know about until i talked to people after you know but it's yeah it's a mess uh, so i go on um, I don't know if you've, I'm sure you have been to one of these parties. A lot of parties charge per couple now. Yeah. And it, if you're a couple, you do have to pay. But if you're a single woman, then you don't have to pay. Yeah, exactly. And so when I went with my girlfriend, I was oh. like, I don't know if I'm going to have to pay tonight. And they immediately let us in. They were like, all right, go for it. And I'm pretty sure the reason they were so down is because they knew we were not monogamous. Mm, yeah. 
Well, and also these spaces are almost always about, okay, are you, if girls on girls, that's totally welcome. We want that, you know, cause, cause you know, that's, that's kind of like the, the unspoken rule in so many of these places is like women can be bisexual, but men cannot be, you know? So like any sort of, you know, a group of, 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 of gorgeous women coming in, you know, doing lesbian shit that's like 100% welcomed <laughs> but it's so but like the nature Literally. of it is like when they say couples they really mean like men and women <laughs> they don't really mean two exactly. men or two women they mean men and women it's a, it's a very heteronormative um pr- view <laughs> like, it really is like it's who can be put on display and those are the people they want to let in for free who they view as people who should be let in for free because again they're the product and like mm-hmm. my partner and I have all but stopped playing at dungeons because we cannot look at each other twice without having a crowd of 10 15 people trying to watch wow. and even at the location you have like one on one rooms we'll look over and there's like faces peering from every angle and then if we're in one of those parties where there's like a big room with multiple playstations quite literally there's an audience and Uh, we're not into that we're going to those locations to use the equipment and be with our friends and stuff like that we don't want people to look at us it gives us stage fright yeah all right that concludes the colin show like with every colin show you can find the full version of this show on my patreon that's patreon.com slash cat black and until next time i will see you guys later i want you to always remember and to never forget that you are beautiful and you are loved bye